What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Take It Easy Sports Show, part of the Arizona Varsity Podcast Network. My name is Zach Alvira, better known as Z-Man, and I'm joined alongside E, my great co-host. E, how you doing today, man? I am good. Uh, you were gonna, you were saying you were gonna do something weird. Is this it, or am I in for a treat? Uh, no, this is kind of just something I added on. Uh, it's not really weird. It's just one of those things that I kind of found surprising. So you announced, I believe it was actually today, we're recording this on Monday, March 15th, that the one and only Eric Newman, who hates predicting anything, yes. filled out a March Madness bracket. Is that right? right? Yes, I did. Okay. Who do you have winning that? Illinois. Illinois. Why? I don't know. I watched them play in the Big Ten a couple times, and they looked pretty good. <laughs> uh, fair enough, I guess. Fair enough. I don't know. Um, they, they won a lot of games this year. Yeah. I mean, they have. That's 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 a good point. I have not. I'm so bad with these things. I used to do it all. I used to spend hours, and I think it's the same story as fantasy football, and I would just over each I, I had the premium subscription, and so I could get the numbers be- behind each individual matchup, even when it came to hypothetically like the Final Four, and um, why would this team historically have beaten that one in 1972 based on the free throw percentage and all of this stuff. And it ended up being the exact same bad as everybody else's bracket. Um, and so now I, I don't think it took me two minutes to fill it out. I was just like, who do I think is going to win this? Click, click, click. I didn't second guess any of it. Um, I mostly went, I had a couple upsets, but I mostly went with ones and two seeds. And uh, I think I've got them playing against Alabama, who's a two seed in the championship game. And okay. I saw Alabama play pretty well in the SEC. And I saw Illinois play pretty well in the Big Ten. And I'm like, you know what? They can win games. So maybe they'll win some more games. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, we've got a good show ahead of us. Eric and I are going to be talking, of course, AIA High School Championship Weekend is coming up. Uh, we've got semifinal matchups pretty much all throughout the week in both soccer and basketball. And then um, on on Friday and Saturday, actually, Friday night and all day Saturday, we've got some soccer, we've got some basketball, and then we've got wrestling championships as well. Uh, very action-packed week. On top of that, baseball, softball, track and field, beach volleyball, boys volleyball, tennis, golf, all that. I, didn't, I hope I didn't miss anything. I don't think I did. Um, all of those are also going on as the spring regular season has started. Uh, it truthfully is March Madness, um, which is kind of why I wanted to bring up the whole bracket thing um, to answer maybe a question you guys might have for me. Probably not because I'm sure you don't care. Uh, I have Gonzaga winning in my main bracket. Now, I do create a, a few different brackets kind of for fun. I do uh, that like fill in or the auto fill, I guess you can say, for uh, the ESPN tournament challenge. So I think I did a random one. I think it had USC winning, which probably isn't going to go over very well. Um, and then I think the um, like picking the top seed in every single matchup, I think it actually chose... I believe it was Gonzaga over Baylor, if I'm not mistaken. That uh, sounds about right. Yeah, just call yeah. it chalk. Yeah, basically. Yep, that's all it is. So um, we'll see what happens. March Madness, I personally love it. Um, yeah, it's great. I think it's just like, 
I don't know. It's just something different. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And and usually you get these teams that are traveling back and forth from different cities and all that. Uh, you get different venues. Obviously, you usually get a really big crowd, but that's not going to be the case this year because they're basically in a bubble in uh, in Indianapolis. So um, still fun nonetheless. I mean, it's, it's, it's a resemblance of normal, especially when we didn't get the March Madness tournament last year. Um, but Eric, in honor of episode 43... Um, first things first, best athletes to ever wear the number 43. We're going to do a speed round. You ready? Okay. Troy Palomalu, go. Pascal Siakam, I think, wore number 43 or still does wear 43. I think he does. I think you're right. Darren Sproles. I don't know who else wears 43. Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling. <laughs> you know what? I have a random one that I remember. This isn't fast, but didn't Raul Mondesi wear number 43? Uh, you might be right. I remember Raul Mondesi because he had the blue and red glove that he would wear. That's a 90s baseball name if there's ever been one. Um, hey, speaking of red, uh, how about uh, Kurt Schilling with yep. the with the bloody sock? That's right. I, uh, I, I remember that very well. He was part of those Red Sox teams and yeah. great pitcher. D-backs. Um, and and D backs too. <laughs> Come on, man. We're an Arizona based podcast. You got you got to give a shout out to the Diamondbacks first. That's true. You're right. <laughs> he killed both teams. Killed the Yankees. Um, so they have yeah. that in common. Um, um, another one too, by the way. Uh, Kendrick Perkins. Ooh, great. Yeah. Uh, good for Kendrick. Forty three is a weird number. Um, but. Yeah, kind of. I I bet if we looked, we could probably find some more like safeties or um, something like that because that's kind of a that's what like a maybe a fullback number. I guess yeah. most safeties are in the twenties, right? Uh, probably like twenties or thirties. Yeah. yeah, I think like like Taron Matthews, thirty two. Although is he yeah he's still a safety, right? Did yeah. he, or did they move him? I don't even know. I can't remember. Jacob Saliga yeah. is gonna kill me for that one. It'll be fine. It, it was bad enough last week. Uh, apparently, I didn't even realize, but I said Cassius Stanley when I meant to say Cassius Stanley. So That's my okay. bad. My bad, Jacob. Sorry, At the end of the intern. day, we are both white dudes. <laughs> That's well, I'm half Hispanic, but yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> hey, here I'm gonna I'm gonna okay, I a little... speak for myself then. Yeah. Uh, trivia, really quick. You ready for this one? Yes. Uh, which of Kim Kardashian's ex husbands slash boyfriends wore number forty three? I don't know if she, I don't know much about the Kardashians, but I'm guessing was it was it Humphreys? Yes, it was. Wow, that's the one I know. Besides the <laughs> besides the uh, besides Kanye, I don't know. Much. I can't. I mean, they're they never married, but Ray J. I, that's why I had to throw in boyfriends there. Yeah, because I mean, can fair. you really can you really count Humphreys and Kim K being married? I mean, they're married for what eighty two days. I don't know. I don't no. keep up with the Kardashians as much as maybe I should. Yeah, I used to. But <laughs> good you know, for you, man. It's whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I if you honestly lined up the five or six or however many Kardashians there are, I could probably name Kim, but I couldn't tell you which of the others are which. And oh, I don't whatever. What I don't believe that. I could I don't believe that at all. I wish I could. I don't know much about pop culture in that way. Like, I honestly wish I could. I know one of them's name is Chloe. And yep, then she's the one that she's the one that kind of resembles OJ Simpson. 
great. Just um, kidding. Just kidding. That was a bad joke. That's just a running joke that everyone has. Yeah, and then I know there. there's the youngest one is Kylie, but I couldn't um, tell you by looking at which one is which, who is which, and name all of them. And well, I think that well, makes me a that makes me a blasphemer uh, in American society. Well, you should know who Kendall is though, because I think she uh, is either dating or is like friends, quote unquote, with Devin Booker. Oh, good for her. Yeah. Good for Devin. She went from Ben Simmons to Devin Booker. Mm. Yeah. Good for them. They're. Yeah. I'm sure they're happy with their lives, but I can't watch the show. Yeah, no, I don't. I haven't watched it in a very, very long time. <laughs> That's too bad. I'm <laughs> like, like probably high school, honestly. Your business. Probably high school, to be completely honest. I don't even know why it's I watched been go- it. That show's been going for that long. I think so. I guess, yeah, I remember hearing about, yeah, I honestly, though, like, I probably should have a better knowledge. It reflects poorly on me that I don't know which one is which. No. Honestly, I mostly watched it for Scott because he was just hilarious. The Who is that? Scott Disick. Oh, I don't even know who that is. Oh, yeah, no, he was just, he was just hilarious the entire time. Good so, for him. Yeah. Um, probably also because my my parents would watch it or whatever i don't even know whatever um family fun time watching the kardashians family fun time i did like lamar odom he was part of that crew for a little bit right he was and now tristan thompson is i think still kind of right they have a kid together i think lamar odom was actually good uh yeah yeah i guess you're right sixth man on those lakers teams he was a great player I mean, Tristan was a starter, though, for the Cavs. True. I think Lamar Odom, his game would suit perfectly for today's NBA. A big guy who can dribble and shoot a little bit from the outside. I think he'd make a perfect, like, stretch four or a, a stretch five in um, today's NBA. Yeah. But you'd see him shooting. He would be one of those guys. He'd be a, a, a Lopez who's now, like, shooting threes all the time that wasn't really his game he could shoot from the outside and he could hit a three but yeah you'd see him take a couple steps back you're talking brooke lopez right not robin yes okay good brooke lopez has become a weird, <laughs> weirdly a three-point shooter yeah i had to i had to ask for that distinction because robin yeah. lopez isn't much of a three-point shooter I, I think he has hit a couple and i think i remember hitting him hitting a couple but i mean brooke lopez is more of the the you know range guy of those two brothers i think we're 10 minutes in, and we haven't mentioned that we interviewed Coach Lucas Ramirez of uh, Saguaro High School. Uh, yeah, I was going to keep it as a surprise, man. Why are uh, you ruining it? Well, way to I'm, go, sure, way to go. I'm sure people that haven't listened before and maybe are interested in this one are like, when are they going to get to that part? So it's coming <laughs> soon. It is coming soon. Um you know, obviously a very great story with, with Coach Lucas Ramirez and that Saguaro program uh, took over this year. Obviously, COVID hit, so he he kind of had to learn all of his players through Zoom. Didn't really get to see them in person very much, at all, if at all, uh, up until the actual season or a few weeks before that, I should say. But, um, you know, great story there. Number one in the Desert Sky region in the 4A conference. Went to the playoffs. Um, I believe he got region coach of the year if i'm not mistaken um just a great story overall with him and uh uh someone who you've you went out there a few times um to cover them as well i mean that's a that's a good basketball team out there 
Yeah, I went preseason um, when he first kind of was able to go see his kids and practice for the first time. And then um, one of their last regular season games, I saw them play uh, before they made it to the playoffs. So, yeah, it was definitely a cool story. I've known Lucas a few years. I know you had met him uh, back yep. and forth. But, yeah, he's a good dude. and We had a fun interview with him. We did. So uh, what do you say? You want to jump into that really quick before we yeah. uh, before we get into the playoffs and everything? Works for me. Right on. Here is Coach Lucas Ramirez of Saguaro. Coach Lucas Ramirez, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing tonight? Doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. We're excited to talk to you. You, uh, We're going to jump right into it because I want to ask just kind of straight off the bat. I mean, you had a great season with Saguaro as your first year head coach or first year as head coach for the Sabercats. You had to navigate through a very difficult circumstance with COVID, but you guys still managed to win the 4-8 Desert Sky region and you finished 14 and 5 overall in the year. First off, what do you think was one of the main reasons for the success of this team this year? Oh, first and foremost, I think, you know, it starts with the players. You know, they're the ones who gets get the job done and and you know, they bought in from the beginning. Um, you know, they were super hungry. I think it helped that we were senior heavy. Um, you know, 10 out, 10 out of our 12 uh players on our roster were uh seniors so you know a lot of those guys had some experience um and you know were hungry to have some success they knew they had it in them um and then also you know credit to our coaching staff too they did a phenomenal job um throughout the season keeping me sane and making us look good now we're gonna jump into kind of like the whole yeah i guess beginning of the season starting with obviously being shut down for covid but really quick going off of obviously some of the players that you have Tristan Monday. Now I see him dominate on the football field and he dominated on the court for you guys as well. Can you talk a little bit about him? You know, what does he, what did he bring to this basketball team and just overall his athleticism on the court as well? Yeah. You know, I always talk about his toughness, um, you know, and we have a lot of guys who, who bring that uh, toughness to the court, but, but really, you know, I think he really brought a lot of a mentality. You know, when people think Saguaro, it's no surprise they think football and the success. And, and Coach Mons has done a phenomenal job over the years, you know, building the program to where it's at. Um, but just kind of bringing that that championship mentality over to the basketball court, um, you know, and just not putting up with, with you know, just okay or good enough, um, but, you know, really just pursuing – uh, you know, excellence. And, and, you know, that was a standard that we came in with. Um, and, and, you know, he was easy to buy into that. All of our multi-sport guys were, and, and, you know, quite honestly, all of the guys bought into it, um, you know, from the beginning, but, but Tristan can't speak enough about him, you know, just a tremendous athlete. I mean, there's a reason he's going to be a power five football player, um, you know, and he brings it every day. And I mean, we had some, some crucial region games where, I mean, Without Tristan's uh, presence, you know, on the glass and, and, you know, scoring around the basket, you know, we aren't in the game. So, I mean, can't speak enough about him. Lucas, so you and I have spoken a couple times about this. Um, 
and you know you take over the program a thing that we were talking about was that you you were impressed with the the talent that was there and now that this season's over are you are you already looking forward to some of the younger guys that are going to come up or are you still taking a little bit of time to reflect or what what's next steps right now yeah I- you know, like you said, super excited when we got hired, you know, a little over a year ago. And, um, you know, the big thing f- for me, <laughs> uh, you know, we we got bumped out last week and, and uh, on the bus ride home, I was already talking to, to our staff about, you know, what was next. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I jokingly told them, I said, you know, I could call a staff meeting tomorrow, but I think I'll give you a day off. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, we're super excited to get going. You know, we're, we're having kind of our, our exit meetings this week with every player at every level of our program. Um, even guys who are graduating on, um, just to get feedback and, and, you know, also give them feedback as well. And, and so, you know, we're already beginning, the off season, if you will, and, and phasing into, you know, our, our spring off season, we'll give them a couple weeks off. And, you know, once April rolls around, we'll get going again. Do you, uh, do you think that being, and this may be an abstract question, but having been in the Scottsdale area, you've coached at Horizon, you went to Horizon, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that having kind of that connection there has been helpful to you as well, kind of knowing the the culture around there and some of the uh, the athletics and, and basketball and the history there has helped you? Um, yeah. You know, I think just being in the Arizona hoop scene for, you know, the last almost nine, ten years now coaching and um, being around it from that perspective and then just coming up as a student athlete myself and, and, you know, just getting a lay of the land. I've always had great appreciation. Even when I was in high school, I took great appreciation in the history of programs and the tradition of programs and admired coaches and admired, um, you know, just different schools from afar. And, you know, that was something that I've always admired about Saguaro uh, is that, you know, there is a great tradition here, not just football wise, but if you go back uh, in the history books, I mean, Saguaro was a basketball school with a lot of Division One talent, a lot of college-level players, won a lot of games, um, you know, and, and um, there's a rich history there. So, yeah, I mean, I think I just have a great appreciation for – I mean, I, it makes sense, I guess. I'm a history teacher, so, um, you know, I, I appreciate the history and things and, and, you know, just kind of paying respect to that. Did you always want to be a coach? Um. I, I always knew I wanted to be involved with the game of basketball. I didn't know what that meant, um, you know, probably throughout my formative years. But, um, you know, I had a couple influential coaches in my life, um, you know, and, and uh, to me it just made sense. What was a young coach, Lucas Ramirez, because you started right out of high school, right? Yeah, I, I started when I was 18 years old. Uh, so you know, what were you like as a coach at 18 years old? Do you remember much about that? Um, it It's funny, you know, it's kind of a blur uh, just because between coaching at North Canyon, the freshman team, helping Coach O'Gwen with the varsity team, um, really observing, quite frankly, um, and learned so much from him. And then also 
uh, you know, helping him with his AAU program, you know, so I was coaching year round boys and girls, you know, ages five, six years old, all the way to 18 years old. Um, and you know, to me, they'll, there might not be anything better than those first couple of years because they were just learning, you know, on the go, on the fly. And, and, um, I don't know. I mean, if I could go back and do it over again, I'm sure I'd probably do things differently, but that's part of learning and, and everything. But I'll tell you this much. I think the same energy and enthusiasm that I hopefully, uh, uh, show in present day, you know, probably was the same way back then. Um, maybe even more so, but you know, I joke around, the first couple teams I ever had, I, I had uh, Austin Jackson, who's now in the NFL, um, and and John Okwali, who had a great Division One career, at Wyoming football players, both of them obviously, and you know they were great basketball players and athletes. But my first two years, I had both of them on my teams, and um, you know I was walking out of the gym every night thinking, man, this is easy. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's all about players. You know, you got to think players um, and, and, you know, relationships. So I've been fortunate along the way to work with great people, learn from great people, and also have, have some pretty good athletes along the way. So you come straight out of high school at Horizon. You go to North Canyon. Then you go to Phoenix College, correct? Correct, yeah. And then Horizon. And mm-hmm. then now you're at Saguaro. So my biggest question is, how have you seen yourself grow as a coach from when you were obviously just an 18-year-old fresh out of high school at North Canyon to now being at Saguaro? Uh, I think just appreciating relationships and appreciating what we're actually doing and realizing it's bigger than winning and losing. When I was 18, I guess kind of going back to the last question, um, you know, you're just competitive and you want to win and, and it's, you know, it's, it's it, win at all costs. And, um, you know, I think that's where I've changed the most. I've grown the most, just valuing where you're at, valuing relationships and the people you're with along the way. Um, to me, I think that's the greatest thing that I've learned and, and, you know, taken away in the past couple of years. Absolutely. Um, kind of a tough one for you maybe, but was it difficult to leave Horizon, your alma mater? Oh yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. You know, I have nothing but great respect for everyone, you know, at Horizon High School, uh, you know, the administration, the the staff, the the students, I mean, at the whole community. I mean, I was raised in that community. It, it, it always will be home for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, it was tough. I mean, but, you know, part of it's like just learning and growing, you know, and, 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 and kind of getting out of that comfort zone and getting out of, uh, you know, just the current situation you're in because, you know, you want to just kind of spread your wings, if you will. Um, but you know, definitely not a tough question at all or tough thing at all to talk about. I mean, I have nothing but great love and respect for everyone over there. And, you know, I've, a lot of my greatest friendships and relationships I still have to this day are people still at Horizon. Um, and you know, I'm always checking in with them and vice versa, and we're always checking in on each other. So, um, again, it's all about relationships and, and, you know, just kind of valuing those. And then you obviously make the move to Saguaro. Um, you take over that program and then COVID hits. Mm-hmm. Um, how difficult was it for you to try to build that program when you weren't actually physically able to be with your players for most of the off season? Yeah. You know, I mean, it was different. 
you know, and, and, you know, I, like I've, I've, I've told different people along the way this past year, we've all been impacted by this in some way, shape or form. Um, you know, whether you're, uh, someone like myself taking over a program, uh, you know, f- for the first time and kind of going through that process, uh, or, you know, if you're coach Mons, you know, and you've been at, you know, tomorrow for a number of years now and you have your program rolling and going, um, you know, we're all dealing with it and we all dealt with it in different ways. Cause you know, every year you like to, you know, hit the reset button, if you will, and you get a chance to start over in, 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 in many aspects. Um, you know, so for us, it was, you know, it was tough at first, just not knowing the kids and trying to build relationships that way. Um, you know, and then of course everyone's locked in and, you know, quarantined away. I mean, I spent most of my time talking to my, uh, talking to our student athletes, uh, you know, on the phone, uh, or, uh, you know, doing zooms, uh, you know, while I'm walking around the park, uh, you know, by my place just to stretch my legs and get out of the craziness of the quarantine. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, what a crazy time. It's crazy to think that it's, you know, about a year ago, you know, right now. And, and, um, it definitely was tough to start, but as we adjusted to the new normal, you know, we just had to find ways to adjust. And I kept telling the kids and our staff and even anyone who would listen, you know, those who are willing to adapt and adjust the best are going to have the most success this year, you know, on the court or on the field. And, and you know, those who are hesitant to it or, you know, kind of fearful of it, um, you know, it's going to cause problems. But a year like this year, you had to be flexible. You had to adapt. And, you know, I thought we did a really nice job, uh, you know, doing that as a program. Well, you had to be flexible because, I mean, the season got pushed back a couple times, then it was canceled, then it was brought back again. Um, you know, and I remember, you know, you are you were great about giving me statements for all the different stories and breaking news things that I had to write in relation to the AIA. And one of the things I remember the most was the fact that you actually voluntarily got tested every single week for COVID. Um, you know, obviously one to make sure that you and your family were safe, but then obviously when you're around all the, all the student athletes, you want to make sure that they're safe as well. What was kind of the main, I guess, reason that you felt that you needed to do that? Was it exactly what I just mentioned? You just wanted to make sure everyone around you was safe? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, I mean, there was multifold selfishly. I, I wanted to feel comfortable seeing my mom and dad, you know, if I'm being honest, Yeah, um, got it. but, uh, but also, too, I think it's just important for my own health and, 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 and you know, students in my classroom, you, you know, we're around our student athletes, um, you know, that was a piece of it. And, you know, I had no problem telling people I was getting tested every week because uh, I think it was important, too, to to put a message out there that, you know, it's all right to get tested. It's all right to, you know, make sure that you're all right and people around you are all right. So, I mean, yeah, kind of multifold there. Absolutely. Lucas, do you, I don't even know if you remember this, but the first time you and I ever met was three or four years ago. Um, I, it was that you were, I think one of the coaches on a, one of those showcase events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I walk in wearing a prep hoop shirt. Um, I was writing for them at the time and you're like, Oh, I know prep hoops. Um, you kind of came up to me. I'm, uh, I'm just starting writing. You're like, I used to work with them around those guys a lot. Do you, so were you a scout too? Um, you know, when prep hoops first launched or, you know, whenever long ago that was, um, I, 
I guess you could say I was a scout. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it was myself, uh, Jordan Augustine, obviously you guys know very well over at Ironwood. And then uh, coach Brandon Dunson, uh, who's now a division one assistant at the time, he was an assistant at Arizona Christian. Um, and we kind of got it off the ground and running. Um, so I, yeah, I had a brief, brief cup of coffee, uh, you know, if you will, going out there and scouting and, and, uh, you know, just putting blurbs out there. But, uh, you know, everyone else has elevated that to a way higher level than I ever could. (laughs) Do you, do you think that you used some of that in your coaching too? Because I know it's, uh, a, a scout is such a, um, a polarizing word because, you know, some people call themselves scouts and they don't know much. Um, I hesitated to call myself a scout because I don't think I'm an expert on the game. I never coached it or played at a high level or anything. So when I was writing, I just kind of tried to make the distinction like, no, I'm I'm not technically a scout. But do you think that um, evaluating players and just kind of learning what was going on in the high school scene helped you as a coach and just as, you know, a basketball mind? Yeah, I mean, I think I it the big thing for me really was just being in the gym, you know, and, and you just learn a lot being in there. And like, if you're actually watching and, and, and paying attention, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I think pretty decent personality. So if I'm in a gym, you'll see me talking to people and, and engaging in conversations, but at the same time you're watching, you know, players play or work out or, you know, do whatever it is, um, you know, that they're doing. But at the same time, I think you just soak it all in after a while. Um, and that's what helped me was just being in the gym weekend after weekend, you know, whether it be AAU tournaments or, you know, different events and stuff. And, and, but also to just picking the brain of other people and, and not being afraid to, to ask questions and not being afraid to reach out to other coaches who you respect and just kind of get their opinion on things. And I mean, some of my fondest memories uh, again, is, you know, those formative years when I was just starting out and, you know, I'd be at, at an event, um, you know, at, uh, uh, you know, fill in the blank high school. And then, you know, you end up talking to a writer or a scout or a coach or, you know, whoever it is. And, and you just take a lot from those conversations. Do you think, um, because high school sports and especially basketball, um, in Arizona football as well, but there's a, there's a lot of people covering basketball, um, in our state and especially youth basketball. Is that, it, has it been helpful for you? Do you think it shines a good light on the state? Is there an overabundance of coverage? I wonder if you have any thoughts on that specifically. I think it's great. You have so many different voices. Um, and you know, especially, a state like ours, it's great because you have people who are kind of sectioned off in different parts of the valley too, right? So, you know, different schools can get different amounts of coverage. You know, you can create rapport with specific reporters who are in your area. And, you know, that's kind of the nice thing is you always have the same couple guys who are coming around. Uh, without a doubt, it helps us at Saguaro because we have the brand recognition of Saguaro, uh, you know, large in part due to us being in Scottsdale and our football program. Um, and you know, you have to embrace it. You know, people can get turned off by the media. People can get turned off about, you know, who's tweeting about who, or it's the same coaches or the same schools being covered. Uh, and, and, you know, we've gotten so much love this year. You know, I'm very grateful for that, for our program and our kids and, um, you know, all of that. And 
you know, it's great, but you gotta be willing to embrace that. You gotta be willing to have those conversations um, and, and, and kind of open the doors a little bit too. Um, because in turn, your program's going to grow because of it. Your players are going to get more recognition. Um, and, you know, so to me, the more the merrier. But, you know, at the same time, everyone's different. You guys know me pretty well at this point. Like, I'm pretty open door. I'll, I can talk for the next three hours with you guys and it'd be no problem. Um, yeah, that's what I was – another <laughs> thing I was going to ask about is the, the media coverage. And, you know, as the head coach, you become – not just the guy leading the program, but the voice as well. And I know we were joking a little bit about it before we actually started recording. Um, You've been doing all these radio spots and you come on um, a program like this with us. And, you know, maybe you weren't getting asked to do as many of those things before you become the head coach. Has that been um, a pleasant thing? Do you ever get tired of that? No, I don't. Again, to me, it's, it's fun. It's easy. Um, just to have convert because to me, it's just conversations. Um, and we get to talk about our program, you know, sometimes it, it, uh, it, uh, uh, you know, you, you get to talk about yourself a little bit, uh, contrary to, to, to popular, popular belief. Um, you know, I, I hesitate to make it about myself, but at the same time, if, if, if I'm having a conversation with somebody, um, you know, Saguaro basketball is going to be brought up. Our players are going to be brought up, um, you know, and, and uh, uh, it's only good for our school and our community. How much do you truly love your job? Because it sounds like you love it a lot, man. Oh, I, I <laughs> live for it. You know, it's fun. And, and, you know, I also love teaching. I love being in the classroom. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously been a different year. Um you know, teaching as well. But again, it's just all about relationships and, and just having fun with it. You know I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's the big thing, you know, is, is, is having fun, working hard at the same time, but having fun as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I saw on Twitter, I mean, even some of your history students even surprised you with, um, was it like a, it was some sort of like post or like a message or something like that, right? For when you guys were in the playoffs or am I wrong on that? I know they surprised you with something. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think, you know, we had our history department, we had our history teachers that were at the game um, and showed up in support, which is great because we have a great, we have a great history department at Saguaro. Um, and, you know, guys who have been there, guys and gals who have been there a number of years. So it's been great to be warmly accepted by the community at large. Uh, and then it, it's also great too, just the student body, you know, the student yeah. body is buzzing a little bit. Even though they aren't allowed in any games, it was a huge bummer. They couldn't come to a single game per our district rules, but I digress. Um, but uh, uh, even them just coming up to you in the hallway or popping their head, in, you know, in your classroom and saying, hey, you know, good luck tonight. Great game. The team's doing well. Um, so it's just great having that collective support from our community. And it really starts at the top with our administration. I mean, they're they're jacked up, too, and they believe in, in us and the vision, uh, you know, just as much as we do as a staff. Yeah, that kind of leads into my next question, actually. You guys have changed the narrative. Saguaro's not just a football school anymore. I mean, you, it, it's turning into a kind of a, a multi-sport uh, you know, school with, I mean, the soccer program had a lot of success this winter as well, um, You know, obviously with you guys there, and then you had football in the fall. And then uh, I know the baseball program is pretty good as well. So Saguaro's kind of growing more than just that you know, football powerhouse in many ways. Yeah, you know, uh, 
you know, Zach, you know, my good friend, Ty Wisdom over at Desert Wisdom. Yep. <laughs> he always tells me, and he would always say, you can go from the penthouse to the outhouse real quick. Um, and, uh, you know, great success year one for us, for sure. Um, set the standard pretty high <laughs> with, a re- <laughs> with a region title. But, you know, the work doesn't stop. We just got to keep going, keep pushing, growing, building. Um, and that's what gets you excited about, you know, every day, you know, that's the next thing, you know, like just win the next day and, and, you know, just keep pushing forward. But, you know, we're super excited. Like I've mentioned, you know, the, the, the groundwork has been laid by these seniors and then also just overall in the school, like we just want to succeed. We want to be champions in everything we do. And, you know, yesterday I was listening to, uh, you know, it was Nate Oates, the head coach at Alabama, and they won the SEC tournament. And they mentioned the kind of the same type of thing. You know, it's a, it's it's not just a football school anymore. And he's like, you know what, man? Like, we're just a championship school. You know, that's the vision of the institution. It's not just one thing. And you know, that's not a knock to our football program at all, obviously. But you know, it's great between football, our basketball program, soccer program, spring sports. I mean, you name it, all the way around. Um, you know, we want to be the best and we want to succeed and do what's best for our student athletes and our students. And even in the classroom, I mean, we just opened a new innovation center, uh, you know, on campus, Math and Science Academy, like $1.2 million, you know, project. Um, you know, so it's, you know, it's not just athletics, you know, it's, it's, it's the whole realm of our community. You mentioned earlier to us that you would have called a staff meeting literally the day after your final game. Um, I am I know you said you didn't do that, but have you had that staff meeting since then? And also just in general, what's what's next for the Saguaro basketball program? Off-season workouts, um, you know, what's kind of on the docket for you guys? Yeah, uh, you know, w- w- we have not had a formal staff meeting. Got it. Um, you know, we have had uh, plenty of conversations uh, via text <laughs> or via phone for sure. Um but, you know, like I told the players, I said, hey, I'm going to give you because we lost on Wednesday. So I told them in the locker room, I said, you won't hear from me till Monday. <laughs> um, and I lied. I They heard from me Sunday night. Um, but uh, uh, and then, uh, you know, same with our staff. You know, we've been in touch, but we're excited to get going. You know, I'm excited to get in the weight room. We haven't been in the weight room since we got hired last yeah. year um, just due to rules with COVID and stuff. So super excited to get in the weight room. Super excited just to get back on the floor with our young guys. We had tremendous success at the lower levels, credit to our lower level coaches. Um, and, you know, yeah, we're just super excited to move forward and, and kind of resume to that or get closer to that normalcy. You know, maybe that means some summer league again. Maybe that means, you know, this, that, and the third. And, and um, just uh, I was going to say moving the ball closer to the end zone. That's the wrong reference. Um, <laughs> You know, I guess that works too, though. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're just super excited to keep building, keep growing. And, and you know, I think uh, um, it just starts by doing the best we can every single day. You know, I think Eric and I would be labeled as, um, you know, two guys that are very bad at our jobs if we uh, had a basketball coach on and didn't bring up March Madness. Um, Selection Sunday obviously just happened yesterday. We're recording this on Monday, March 15th. Um, I have to ask out of all the teams that you see in that bracket, including the hometown heroes, Grand Canyon this year, uh, who's your pick for, uh, 2021, uh, NCAA basketball champion? Uh, 
Oh man. Um, <laughs> and I hesitate and I had the same answer for every bracket. I don't know why I gave you that. Oh man. Um, <laughs> I, I'm picking Gonzaga. Okay. Um, they're really good, but you know, I keep telling people, uh, some of my senior students, they were first period today. They were asking me about who to pick for their bracket. Um, I clearly did a good job teaching today if we were talking about brackets, um, <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, like I told them, you just never know with the year it is, you know, just yeah. the COVID year, you expect the unexpected. And then you normally expect the unexpected in March anyway. It's just, I mean, that's why it's March Madness. Yep. Um, so you just never know. I'm going to pick Gonzaga. I think it'd be great for the game of basketball um, just to have a school that isn't necessarily a blue blood, even though Gonzaga's worked their way into that conversation. Um, and, you know, definitely – rooting for gcu to see if they can pull off the upset um you know they have a tough matchup but super cool for arizona to have uh you know gcu representing and and uh super cool to look around the the field of of uh what is it now it's not 64 60 whatever it is now 68 68 Um, yeah and um seeing arizona players uh or just arizona connections whether it be on the coaching staff or whether it be um you know they play junior college ball out here, high school ball. So definitely looking forward to it um, and definitely will be tuned in. Yep. March Madness is probably my favorite time of year other than like maybe like college football season personally. But um, yeah, I mean, Mar- I, I'm with you. I've got Gonzaga, I think in my main bracket and I fill out like probably five or six of them because I, you know, those 12, five matchups, I never know who to pick because those ones are the ones that will get you. Um I think I've got Gonzaga beating Illinois in the championship. So, but I mean, that could go either way too, because Michigan's very good. Ohio State's very good, I think, as a what, a two seed this year? I yeah, think they're two. Like that. Yeah. yeah. A couple of my brackets, I have Illinois making it. I have one bracket. I have, I think, Gonzaga, Texas Tech. I think nice. it's, 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 it's all random. I don't even remember how many I've done already. <laughs> I'll have to check my Venmo to see how many people I've paid for brackets. Right. Like, um, and then and then follow up to make sure I get the small pot that it is, but um, you know, some gas money. Right, yeah. Hey, that comes in any anything helps, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh coach, thank you so much for joining us. It was great talking to you. It was great having you on. Yeah, um, man. Great to learn a little bit more about you know, you and your background and obviously the great thing you've got going on there at, uh, at Saguaro as well. Hey, I really appreciate it guys. Thanks for all you do for, you know, for our student athletes out here. And, um, you know, like I always tell you guys, don't be strangers. You're always welcome around. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks guys. Thank you again to coach Lucas Ramirez from Saguaro for joining us again. Great story there. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter. He's very active on Twitter. Um, along with that Saguaro uh, boys basketball account as well. You will not uh, you will not go wrong following both of those accounts as um, you know, to kind of get all the news about Saguaro and just to learn a little bit more about him as well. Obviously, you a very, a very good guy. Quote, um, a quote. That's true. Michael Jordan, they're on there too. Yeah, that is true. That is true. He does post a lot of those, which is always, you know, it's, it's nice to see that, you know, first thing in the morning to kind of get you started with your day. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, Eric, let's talk some uh, some playoff basketball. We've moved on to the semifinals. Um, most of them are, I believe, Thursday night, unless some of the girls' games are The girls Wednesday. are on Wednesday. The girls are on Wednesday, so that's where we're going to start. 6A semifinals. 
number one Hamilton, who I saw play against Seton Catholic and beat Seton Catholic, who obviously, regardless of conferences, is is obviously one of the best teams in the state. Uh, they're hosting number four Dobson, who I saw take down Westwood in a, an amazing game. Um, that, it was a good one, to say the least. Uh, Westwood had a chance at the at the very end there to tie the game up with a three-pointer. Unfortunately, the shot was just a little off, and Dobson is headed back to the semifinals, I believe, in t- since for the first time since, I believe, like 2015 or something like that. Um, they're led by just a great group of girls, a great coach out there. Um, you know, Rachel Early is a very good senior. Um, you know, just that that team in general, they play together. That's kind of the biggest thing that I noticed with that team is they play together and they truly love each other. Um, and I only say that because literally as I was talking to, you know, uh, to Rachel Early and then um, Jaden Leslie as well, who had like 16 points and most of them came in the fourth quarter, which was crazy. Um, the two actually, believe it or not, I didn't I did not mean for this to happen, but they actually became a little emotional when they were talking about you know, the team and one of the main reasons for their success this season. And, you know, as as us journalists, we kind of take advantage of that, even though we don't really mean to, (laughs) but, um, you know, ask them why they're emotional, stuff like that. And um, it kind of just goes hand in hand with, with what coach Bribiesca said about them and just, they play for each other every single night. So definitely a good story out there. Um, You know, we'll see how they do against Hamilton on Wednesday. Obviously, a very tough matchup, but um, yeah, man, still a great, great story regardless. They're a stack team. Eric Deli yeah. does a great job over there. Dobson and Westwood, I think if they played a seven-game series, it would come down to that game seven. Yep. It uh, would. They they just played some epic battles this year. Yeah. Um, Hamilton's amazing, though. It's going to be hard for anybody to beat them, but this Dobson team's tested. They've played yep. some tough games this year. And then you move on to the other side of the bracket. You've got number three, Xavier Prep, who pretty much always seems to find themselves in the semifinal round yep. in basketball, in volleyball most years. I mean, Xavier's just a loaded school athletically and academically, obviously. Uh, they're facing off against number two, Valley Vista, who obviously beat Hamilton last year in the state championship game. Um, one interesting um, thing that you, uh, you and I kind of brought up uh, in a text privately, because um, I had someone reach out to me about, you know, some of the top players in the state. I kind of, you know, asked you your opinion because I felt obviously, you know, your opinions valued. Um, and you mentioned that Jenna Asai isn't actually playing right now for Valley Vista because she had surgery. Do you know if she's going to be back in time for the championship game? Should they actually get to that point? I'm not sure. Um, okay. I would bet not because surgery is a pretty big deal. But they've got Marissa Davis-Jones, who is yep. a Washington basketball commit and I, I'd venture she might be the best player in the AIA um, yeah. at least top two or three and she's gonna lead that team she hit a buzzer beater pretty much uh in the last year's semifinals against Perry and got them to the championship round where they won um that's a stacked team regardless of whether they have a side or not yeah exactly I mean that and that that was kind of what my point was getting to is you know could you imagine if a side was there I mean, that Valley Vista team, you could argue they might be unstoppable because um, they're just that good. So they're taking on Xavier Prep. Winner will face uh, the winner of Dobson Hamilton, obviously. Uh, that game is on Saturday, 
the championship game that is at 5 p.m. at Mesquite High School. Um, Going to be a very good one there. Uh, looking towards 5A, a couple teams that you know very well, Eric, as we look at the bottom of the bracket first. Yes. Number two, Verado, the highest seed in the tournament after the unfortunate situation with Castile having to forfeit his first round playoff game. Um, they're facing number three millennium last year's winner of the five, a conference back to back um, winners, back to back winners. Excuse me. Um, how epic is that semifinal game going to be? And I'm imagining you're probably going to be there. Yeah, I'll be there. Um, it's going to be great. They played twice this season already, uh, split the two games. The home teams won both. They both play a really similar style with a uh, kind of a lead guard doing just about everything offensively and getting the ball to the some of the bigs and cutting wings and everything. Um, for Verado, it's sophomore guard and coach's daughter, Hannah Beard. And then for Millennium, it's GCU commit Cassidy Dixon. And they both are just great point guards, pass first, but can hit a shot as well. Um, yeah. And this is the first time Verado's ever been to the semifinals in any playoffs um, for for girls basketball, regardless of what conference they've been in and everything. It's a relatively new school. Um, yep. But they, they're they great. They play such good defense. I've seen two games out of them this year, and um, both have been just tremendous defensive efforts. They play really – a lot of their girls are on the cross-country team or at least train with them. And so their endurance is super high. Coach Beard, uh, Vernon Beard, is a an assistant cross-country coach, so he has those girls really running. And you can tell at the end of games that they're not slowing down. And against Sunrise Mountain in the quarterfinals, they scored 22 points um, in a game that they only hit 53. So they more than doubled any other quarter they had until that point. Um in the fourth quarter and some of that a little bit of that was due to free throws but it was really just them having the energy at the end of the game then on the other side is millennium who is back-to-back champions has absolutely dominated the last couple seasons um their games against gilbert and sunrise mountain in the last two championship games weren't even close and this year they've lost a couple they're three seed um and they lost the last one they played at Verado, it was a 31 to 28 game, which is a crazy low score. Um, and that's kind of the games that Millennium is is good at, though. And same with Verado. So I expect a really good slugfest uh, defensively. I'd be surprised if the winner has anything more than like 45 points, where every basket is coming really, really tough. But it's going to be fun. And they're, they're district and region rivals to back it all up. Yeah. That always adds a little bit of extra flair to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, top half of the bracket, we've got number eight, Gilbert, facing off against number five, Flowing Wells. And I don't know much about Flowing Wells. However, Gilbert, uh, led by Coach Colton Walker, a very young coach, may I yes. add. Um, I think you and I were talking about that a, a few days ago, just how young he is, but how much success he's had with that Gilbert squad. Um, led by Nicole Evanson. Um, and I believe Gilbert's actually a team. I don't think they have any seniors, if I'm not mistaken, which is crazy to think about. I'm looking at the roster and they don't. They have all juniors, uh, sophomores, some freshmen, including the uh, the daughter of Coach Jay Casario, the, the head men's basketball coach. She's a freshman for that team. And I know she's had a few pretty good games this year as well. So, um, you know, 
Gilbert, look out. Um, eight seed this year, uh, a couple years ago when they had the Cavender Twins, they were in the 5A title game against Millennium. And obviously the Cavender Twins have gone on to have great careers at Fresno State now. Um, Gilbert basketball, especially, you know, for the girls, and we're going to talk about the boys here pretty soon, but, you know, don't count them out because um, that's a very good eight seed. That's a very good team. Yeah, that, absolutely. That it kind of got the, uh, you know, that last home playoff game. Um, and of course, you know, Castile did beat Paradise Valley, but when Paradise Valley moved on, Gilbert got the chance to play at home in the quarterfinals. Um, and now they have to travel down to Tucson for Flowing Wells. But, um, you know, regardless, it, it, that's a very good team. I would I would kind of be surprised to see them not make it to the championship game. But again, Flowing Wells, the five seed, they're good for a reason or yeah. they're that rank for a reason, I should say. So, um, you know, winner of those two semifinal games, they'll face off at Mesquite High School on Saturday at 12 p.m. 4A, Eric, you and I have talked about 4A quite a bit. You want to talk 5A boys? Uh, let's move to girls first because the girls are still playing on Wednesday. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, just kind of get through that. Yeah. Um, you and I have talked about the uh, <laughs> the 4A conference quite a bit. Uh, Seton Catholic facing off against number four Mesquite in the semifinals. Again, Coach Gonzalez there at Mesquite always has that team ready to play, but it's really hard to bet against Karen Self. Um, you know, anything can happen. Obviously, Seton Catholic, I believe, is still the favorite no matter what, who no matter who they play, even. Um, they're gonna be facing the winner of Saguaro from Tucson and uh South Point Catholic, the number two and three seeds. Um, that game is on Saturday at noon at St. John Paul II Catholic High School. In Avondale. It's, it's in Avondale. Yeah, it's in Avondale. So um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I don't think that's a game that either of us are going to be able to attend, unfortunately, just because of everything literally being on the same exact day. Yeah, it's um, going to be tough. Um, it, it will definitely be tough. That semifinal between um, for a Seton Catholic and Mesquite is going to be an interesting one. Mesquite used to run the 5A conference a couple years ago. They won title. Yep. Um, yep. Under Candace Gonzalez with Shaylee Gonzalez, her daughter, who's at uh, at BYU, and it's actually I feel like they'd have a chance in five A um, to to compete. But this four yeah. A just the Seton Catholic is so freaking talented. Um, and Amanda Barcello got um, got the thousand points. Yep. So I mean, geez. Yeah, they're great. Um, it's gonna be an upset if anybody beats them in that tournament, but you know, it's March madness. Anything can happen. Yeah. It's funny because on the AI website, it still says February frenzy. They should really update that. <laughs> um, you know, shout out to Seth. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I don't think Seth actually controls that. Uh, he'll find that funny though, that I mentioned him three, uh, a for the girls. We're looking at uh, number four Thatcher versus number one page who I believe won it last year. Is that correct? Or they came pretty close anyway. Thatcher won the two a girls and now they moved up. Yeah. Um, didn't page win last year at, uh, wasn't that, I don't remember. I think it was at veterans Memorial Coliseum. I want to say they won, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So um, that's going to be a great matchup. Yeah, definitely. And then number six Winslow takes on number two snowflake and snowflake has been dominant pretty much all season long. So yeah, there are two seed that could, that could have easily been ranked number one. Yeah. Um, just maybe a strength of schedule thing, but yeah. they're a talented squad. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, winner of that game, or those two games, I should say, uh, faces off uh, Saturday, as we mentioned before. These are all on the same exact day. Uh, 3 p.m. at East Park, so the new school out there in uh, East Mesa. Uh, looking over to 2A, the only conference with a play-in tournament. Um, number four, St. John's. Now, this game is actually taking place on Friday, so a little bit different. 2A conference plays on Friday night, and then they play Saturday as well. Um, for the championship game. So St. John's is the number four seed facing Pima. Uh, number seven, Valley Lutheran is facing off against number three, Sedona Red Rock, and they will face off against the winner of the other game, uh, 5 p.m. Saturday at St. John Paul uh, in Avondale. 1A, the conference that will get done the soonest. Um, number five, Muggion taking on number two, Fort Thomas. That game's actually tomorrow night at 5 p.m. at Dobson High School for the it 1A just seems like. I don't know much about either team, obviously. They're both from areas that we don't cover that heavily. Yeah. But just having been here a few years, Muggion seems like they're in this game or around this spot every single year. Every year and every single season. Like, yep. even even the football team, I think, is very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just something in the water there, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um. Let's move on to boys. So the boys games are all taking place on Thursday night. Uh, they're still going to be at the home. Uh, sorry, the high seed. So in this case, uh, number four, Brophy Prep facing off against number one, Sunny Slope. That's going to be a game. That's going to be a very good game. Um, number seven, Hamilton traveling to Ahwatukee to face number six, Mountain Point. That's probably a game that I will be at. Um, and I bet I think I'll be at the Liberty at Sunny Slope game. Um, although that Mountain Point Hamilton does sound really, really good. Yeah. Brophy prep Sunny Slope. Who did I say? Liberty. It's okay. Oh, they played Liberty in the last yeah. one. So yeah. Jacob, Jacob, if, you, if you're listening, Jacob Saliga, go ahead and uh, roast Eric on Twitter. Please do. Um, I deserve it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Hamilton and Mountain Point. Uh, Hamilton... They kind of got maybe an unexpected extra home game because Mountain View knocked off Mesa yep. in the in the first round, which obviously, you know, Mountain View being the 15 seed gave Hamilton that extra home game. Um, but now, because Mountain Point knocked off Perry, they're the sixth seed. Mountain Point gets a semifinal home game. And, you know, last year they didn't get the the semifinal game at home. They had to travel to Chandler. So I can only imagine with a little bit of extra capacity crowd. I mean, it's going to be rock in there. And, yeah, it'll be really fun. Me. So we it'll be a really fun play. environment. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fans, but we both have an appreciation for that team. I've been covered uh, yeah. all the sports of Mountain Point for a while. Um, and they're, you know, they have a loyal fan base and, they're, it's not surprising to either of us that they've ended up in this spot. No, and I'm kind of glad that they did because uh, for me personally, I have said since the day after the championship last year that Mountain Point was going to be going back to the state championship game. So um, my prediction, they don't come true very often, but it might come true uh, this year. But we'll see what happens because Hamilton's a very good team. And, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Mountain Point has shown that they can struggle at times. So it's kind of up to them to perform. You know, they can't their their track record all season has been perform for a couple games and then for some reason have some sort of slip up. You can't do that anymore. Um, so I mean we'll see what happens. But uh 
you know, I have faith in uh, in Coach KP over there, and you know, True Washington picked up his first offer, so uh, that's going to be a pretty motivated team. But again, Hamilton's a very good team too. I saw them play against Perry, and they played really well against Perry uh, in the opening game of the season. So, going to be a couple of really good matchups there. Uh, moving on to five A, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce the first one because it involves a team that you cover and a team that I cover. And I've already mentioned this other team. So I'll let you go ahead and, uh, and read off the uh, 5A matchups. Yeah, so we've got Centennial against Gilbert. Um, and Centennial's the one seed. They've only lost once all year to defending champion Ironwood really early in the season. Uh, I saw Gilbert take care of Sunrise Mountain in the quarterfinal game. I've seen Centennial this year. This is going to be a fun one. Um, Centennial's another really young squad. They've got one or two... Uh, seniors that have an impact, but for the most part, it's juniors and a couple sophomores. And so they're a young team and, you know, they weren't in this position last year, but coach Lavender does a great job over there. Uh, Lifgren, Jake Lifgren is one of the best shooters that not many people know about um, in the AIA, but Gilbert boys seem to be in a great position every year, regardless of who's on the team. And, um, I just, they're so impressive to me. Jay Casario does a great job over there. Yeah. They were champions two years ago and now back in the final four with basically a whole different group is is really impressive. I think that's going to yeah. be an amazing game. That championship Gilbert team led by Doc Self and Carson Tout. Um, first off, Doc Self, probably one of my favorite players I've ever covered. He was basketball. at the game. He was, he was, uh, he was watching from the Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Tampa Scott, um, Gilbert's point guard now, I mean, he really has taken a lot of what Doc Self did for that Gilbert program and kind of instilled it into his own play style. Yep. And obviously, you know, two very great names in Doc Self and Tampa Scott, um, but two great players, two very good kids as well. I enjoyed talking to both of them. Uh, Nico Pentelute as well for Gilbert's also a very, very talented junior who's going to be taking over that team as a senior next year. He had 25 um, or 26 points in the in the quarterfinal was unstoppable. No, yeah, he's a baller, man. And he also has a, a very good taste in uh, in sneakers. Uh, for those of you sneaker heads out there in his uh, team photo, he was wearing the uh, off white um, Air Force One MCAs, the uh, light blue ones. So um, you know, I had to ask him about that. And then we talked about shoes for a little bit when I was out there last time. So, uh, pretty fun there. Uh, 4A matchups, number four, Coconino, man, they've got a tough matchup, man. Number one, St. Mary's is on another level. Um, and then you look at the bottom half of the bracket and it's kind of a toss up. I mean, number three, Paradise Honors versus number two, South Point Catholic, uh, flip a coin. If it were me personally, I don't know who's winning that game. Um, but winner will face off, uh, 2.30 out at St. John Paul in Avondale. And if we didn't already mention it, 5A uh, Boys Championships being played Saturday at Mesquite High School, and that's at 2.30 p.m. Uh, 3A Conference, uh, number nine, Gilbert Christian knocking off number one, Valley Christian. Yeah, how about that? 72-71, man. I think it was a buzzer beater, if I read on Twitter correctly. Yeah, um, I mean, Valley Christian's a great team, but Gilbert Christian, their coach... He's been around for like 50 years coaching yeah. high school basketball. Yep. Yeah, great story there as well. Yeah. Uh, they're facing number five, Paige. They have a long trip ahead of them going up to Paige. Um, and then we've got number seven, Fountain Hills, taking on number three, Snowflake. Winner of those two games meets at Eastmark High School at 5.30 p.m. on Saturday. 
Uh, two-way conference semifinals. These ones, again, they're being played on Friday. Then they turn right around Saturday to play the championship game. Number five, Santan Charter. New to the AIA, I saw them win the CAA championship last year. They are taking on number one, Scottsdale Christian, who seems to be in this position every single year. Um, bottom half of the bracket, number three, Pima, versus number two, Rancho Solano, who I believe won last year. Is that correct? They did. They beat Trivian yeah. pretty easily in the title game. Um, I think that it would be surprising if it isn't the two Scottsdale squads yeah. up in the championship game. Yep, and that championship game is on Saturday, 7.30 at St. John Paul in Avondale. Um, Eric, let's run through some soccer because we can't leave out the boys and girls on the pitch. Um, I think these are all on the same night, if I'm I correct on that. That sounds right. Yeah, so semifinals. Is heavily, but let's let's still run through some of the matchups just to yeah. see. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so 6A boys. Uh, this game is actually being played Tuesday, uh, 6 p.m. at Campo Verde High School. Number four, Tucson versus number one, San Luis, who uh, escaped number eight, Desert Vista, last year in pen- or last game, I should say, on Saturday in penalty kicks. Um, interesting thing kind of transpired there. Apparently, uh, Desert Vista's goalkeeper got a, I believe, a yellow card or something. And for some reason, he was pulled out of the game. And San Luis uh, won a penalty kick seven to six. Um, I know that was, was pulled a out. Bit. So I know in some high school leagues you have to get pulled out for a time. I don't know if it's permanently or what the yeah what the is, but who knows? Maybe he got injured or something like that too. Yeah. Um, from what? Oh, he got a second yellow card. That's what it was. So yes, that's a red in your yeah yeah. So second yellow card turned into a red. He got pulled out. Uh, controversial situation, obviously, but that's the playoffs. Unfortunately, controversy happens all the time. Um, and I hate to you know. say it because I don't actually know, but yeah. they're pretty lenient with goalkeepers and a big thing. So he must have been playing really, really aggressively to have that happen. Yeah. Uh, it's not, rare that yeah. a goalkeeper gets two yellows. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what happened there. But uh, nonetheless, San Luis is... Uh, is in the semifinals. They're facing number four, Tucson. Uh, 4 p.m. Campo Verde, the same day, number three, Brophy versus number two, Chaparral. I might have to go see that game, Eric. Yep. That's going to be... Brophy's been on top of that conference for a while now. And That's going to be good. Yeah, they're going to be... They're they're super talented every single year. And, yeah. Um, and then Chaparral is a soccer school. Yep, exactly. Um, well, they're a little more than just a soccer school. Well, they they, they also won 6A football, but what I mean yeah. is they've got soccer tradition there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, championship game for the boys, 6A, is at 5 p.m. Campo Verde High School on Friday night, which I will also be at. Um, let's move to 5A boys, and we'll run through the girls after we get done. Uh, number one, Castile, as expected. Going through the competition pretty easily. 9-1 over Lake Havasu in the first round. 6-1 over Glendale in the second round. They phase off against a, a good number 12 Washington team. Uh, 6 p.m. Tuesday at Desert Vista High School. Um, then on the bottom side of the bracket, 4 p.m. Desert Vista High School on Tuesday. Number 10 Sunnyside versus number 3 Ironwood. Winner of those two games faces off on Saturday at 1 p.m. at Desert Vista High School. Um, 4A... Uh, number four, Saguaro. Uh, we spoke with Coach Lucas Ramirez a little bit about about the soccer team, 
how Saguaro is not just a football school anymore. Like I mentioned, soccer team, I think their baseball team is pretty good. Basketball, they're pretty good this year. Um, they're facing off against number one, South Point Catholic. That's at 4 p.m. on Tuesday at, at uh, Miranda Mountain View down there in Tucson. And number three, Walden Grove taking on number two, Prescott at Scottsdale Christian on um, Wednesday, actually, 4 p.m. And then Saturday at 4.30, those two teams will meet up and uh, apparently location still to be determined. They can play in my backyard. Is it big enough? You, you live in a condo. <laughs> we have we have a little grass area oh man they could do penalties we don't have a goal but we can set up like a couple cones or something like that draw some chalk on the on the wall that's right <laughs> um 3a uh semifinals they play on friday 3 p.m coronado high school number four veritas prep versus number one ala gilbert north who has been undefeated all year um, and then the other game, 1 p.m. Coronado on Friday is number 14, Odyssey Institute versus number seven, Phoenix Country Day. Winner of those two games faces off Saturday at noon at Coronado High School. Eric, do you have the girls pulled up or do you want me to go and read those off as go well? Go ahead and do it. We're on a roll. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to need some water after this one. Um, semifinals for the girls. Uh, once again, we are talking about Wednesday for the girls. So. 6 p.m., Campo Verde High School, number five, Xavier versus number one, Perry. Bottom half of the bracket, 4 p.m., Campo Verde High School, same day. Another really good matchup. Number three, Chaparral versus number two, Pinnacle. Uh, winner of that one goes to the championship game, uh, 7.15 p.m., Campo Verde how High many, School on How Friday. many is Chaparral won now? I believe they're chasing number five right now. Yeah, so they've won four. So these girls that are on the team have never seen them do anything but win the championship. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's, uh, what is it? I think it's two and 5A, and this will be number three and 6A if they can get it this year, I think. But on the other side of the bracket is a really, really talented Perry team that's been knocking on the door every single year for the last few years. Every single year. They're always in the semifinals, I feel like. And they two years ago they played Chaparral in the final, and it came down to a, a goal near the end that yep. Chaparral over the top. Yep, I think I was actually at that game. I was. Yeah, it was a good game. Five um, A once again, we're talking about number one Castile. Man, Castile just man, girls basketball number one, girls soccer number one, boys soccer number one. I mean, look out for Castile. Um, they're facing number five, Catalina Foothills. That game is on Wednesday at 6 p.m. at Desert Vista. And at 4 p.m. at Desert Vista, the second semifinal game, number 11, Desert Mountain, and number two, Campo Verde. Uh, I would not be surprised to see Castillo and Campo Verde go at it again. Um, Campo Verde is a great squad. They're another one that's uh, yeah. a fixture in the, these yep. late rounds. And uh, championship game taking place 315 at Desert Vista on Saturday. For a conference, we are talking about number four Flagstaff versus number one Prescott. Uh, I know uh, I'm pretty sure our good friend Lance is going to be at that one. Uh, that game is at Bradshaw Mountain on Wednesday. Uh, South Point Catholic making the trip up from Tucson to face number two Notre Dame Prep. Um, that game is at Scottsdale Christian on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Championship game to be determined for the site, but it is on Saturday at 6.30. We've got the cone set up, so... They can come to my spot again, one okay. after the other. I'll bring the chalk over tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Who's uh, 
uh, should we nominate Andrew, our intern, uh, can cut up oranges and <laughs> over our way. We'll, we'll have Jacob, our other intern, uh, get the Capri Suns. That's right. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, post-game PB&J sandwiches, I think we should, uh, let's get chili on that assignment. Is Pizza Hut still open? Because that's a fixture to go to after a game, too. Or Peter Piper. Ooh, Peter, was that the, was that what everyone did here? Peter Piper after the game? I think so. Either that or Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese is a good yeah. one, too. You know, when I was playing sidetrack, when I was playing Pop Warner football, uh, when I was really young, we used to always go as a team to uh, Uncle Bear's out there in Mesa. I don't know what that is. Okay, like I said, um, we went to this really good restaurant where you throw peanuts on the floor. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, did anyone have a peanut allergy? Did you, like, lose someone off your team? Um. No, I think they just didn't show up. That's fair. Yeah. You know, hey, you're lost. Nah, just kidding. That's right. Um, <laughs> Don't sacrifice for the team. The ultimate yeah. sacrifice, bro. That's what that's what it's all about when you're playing sports. Yep. Yeah. Uh, three A conference. Before we get in trouble here, uh, number one Northwest Christian facing off against number five Gilbert Christian. That game is on Friday night at seven p.m. at Coronado. Uh, Gilbert Christian, obviously led by uh, Jay Feely, um, always a great team out there. Um, and number 15, listen to this, Eric, number 15, Arizona college prep, making it to the semifinals. They're facing off against number three, Scottsdale Christian. Uh, that game is at 5 PM at Coronado and the uh, championship game is at 2 PM at Coronado on Saturday. Number 15 seed. You yeah, don't see that very 15 often seed with two upsets. Yeah. And, and here's the even better part. You ready for this? Uh, the 15 seed, so AZ College Prep, they beat Veritas Prep, the number two seed, in penalty kicks in the first round. And the second round, they beat Valley Christian in overtime. Wow. So they're they're just they're playing clutch. It it shows you, especially in a in a high school season with one game playoffs, um, anything like that can happen. Yeah, and they're one of those teams where I, I said it again about Highland a couple years ago, and I said it about Liberty when they played Chandler in football this past season. These top seeds, if they let these teams that they're theoretically supposed to beat hang around long enough, they could get beat. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're seeing. Yeah, exactly, because they start to get that confidence, and that's what it is. So, um, yeah, I mean... Good story out there. Great story. Let's see yeah, if AZ definitely. College Prep can keep it going. Um, that's what we got on tap. And again, we've got all the wrestling championships as well. It's going to be a very busy week for uh, especially Eric and I, but all of our media friends here uh, here in Arizona covering all these high school games. Uh, but with that said, want to give another shout out to Coach Lucas Ramirez from Saguaro. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you to listening to Eric and I You know, blabber about the Kardashians and everything else that we pretty much went over today that had nothing to do with the main topics we wanted to cover uh, as per usual. That's how it usually goes on this show. Yep. Um, make sure to give us all a follow on Twitter at Zach Elvira, at Uniman rights at AZHSFB and at Arizona varsity. Uh, Eric, unless you have one of your famous last words, can only imagine what this one's going to be. Uh, this is us two signing off and uh, happy March madness. going to be really fun. Marquette sucked this year. It was unfortunate. So did ASU. Those are my two college basketball teams, and they were both bad. 